Welcome to church. I hope you're doing well this beautiful fall Sunday. So honored to have you. If you're new, we're excited that you're here. Can I just say that? If you're brand new, we are. We're excited that you would take, it's a lot. It's a lot to go to a church and you're new. And, and so I just wanna welcome you. My name's Tim, I'm the lead pastor. And you're catching us in the middle of kind of a unique conversation. We're, we're talking about, can I just say, maybe because it's the season too, a little bit more of the spookier, the spiritual aspect of God as we've been, for the last several weeks, talking about the Spirit of God or sometimes referred to as the Holy Spirit or Holy Ghost, that's what the series The Ghost is about, is to kinda help us really understand something that is mysterious, something that for many is often very confusing and here's what I love about our church. Our church is like a melting pot of people from, we have people that have no church history or background in faith. We have people that come from a variety of different denominations, environments, and so we're like this spiritual mutt uh, community where a lot of people have different things they bring, and so I, I think it's really important for us to, to be able to get on the same page and to, to kinda come together and really wrestle with some things that maybe are a little bit strange. And so that's kind of what we're doing. And let me just say this, if you're here and you've been walking through this series with us, you might either be like, yes, I love this. I had one guy tell me last week, he said, this series is life-changing for me, and I love that. Then there's others of you, maybe depending on your background, that what we're talking about is actually bringing up a whole lot of questions. You've got a lot of different questions. Can I just say, I'm so glad that you're hearing a part of it. One of the things that we wanna do when it comes to faith is we just wanna wrestle together. We wanna walk through this together. And so if you're one of those ones that, man, this is interesting stuff, Pastor, but I definitely have some questions. I have got the perfect weekend coming up for you, okay? Let me tell you, in two weekends, we're having this thing called Fall Weekend. You probably heard us, we just talked about it. We're, we're gonna have pumpkin donuts and cider, trunk or treat, fun things for the kids. We're gonna do all the fall things, okay? That's the weekend before Halloween. And so we're gonna have Fall Weekend here. And I thought to myself, what could we do as a follow-up to this series? We're gonna end it next week, and so here's what we're gonna do. I had this idea, came to me. Let's do something on that weekend called Ghost Facts. Ghost Facts. Ghost Frequently Asked Questions. Here's gonna be your opportunity. If at any point during this series, the stuff we've talked about, you go, I got some questions, Pastor, or I'm gonna broaden it, or anything of this season, like you have questions about all kinds of spiritual, ghosts, you got questions about demons, you got questions about angels, you got questions about just all things supernatural. This is your opportunity, you can ask. And on that weekend, I am going to try to get through as many of your questions as I can, okay? So how do you participate? You can get out your phone, if you got a question stirring right now, at least take this down. You will text ghost, it's on the screen, ghost to 94,000. And that will prompt you to submit a question. We also sent out an email about it this week. We're gonna send out another one. There's a QR code. Whatever it is, submit your questions and I'm gonna try to do my best to answer some of them. Because I understand there's a lot of questions that come with this kind of conversation, the spiritual side of God. So let's lean into that together. It's gonna be amazing, okay? Now if you are here and you've been with us or maybe you've just like stepped in week two or week three and you're, you're, you don't know all of it, I would encourage you to go back and watch it. It kind of builds. But the first two weeks of this series, we really talked about the personal nature of the Spirit of God. And here's what I believe. 
that God gives us the Holy Spirit so that we can experience God personally. And when he comes to dwell in your life, he begins to change things so that you'll become more like Jesus. And let me just tell you this, we're all in process. I'm in process. We're all working at it together with the Holy Spirit, okay? Then we shifted the conversation last week, if you were here, to, to say the Holy Spirit not only wanna work in you, but he also wants to work through you. And that when you make yourself available for the Spirit of God to fill you, we talked about that, there's another level or experience when you surrender that God's Spirit fills you, that it actually begins to work, the the Holy Spirit begins to pour through you and begins to operate in your life to make a difference in the world around you. We're gonna pick that same thought up and kinda carry it today. We're gonna continue to talk about what that looks like when you make yourself available for the Spirit of God to fill you because there's something powerful that happens in your life. Now, if you were here last week, one of the things that we talked about and we kind of jumped into was one of the things that Jesus said, in fact, his last words, the very last words that Jesus ever spoke on earth before he left and went to heaven. It's found in Acts chapter one. Now, if you wanna go there, if you got your Bible, we're gonna start there, but then we're gonna get to 1 Corinthians 12, okay? We're gonna start Acts chapter one, verse eight. This is kind of just revisiting why all of this matters. Here's what Jesus said. He said, but you, pause, do me a favor. If you're sitting next to him, look at the person next to you and point to him and say, but you. Look at them, point. Look at the person on the other side if you're there. Say, but you. He's talking to you and me. Not not just 2,000 years ago. I believe this is Jesus, what he would say to us. But you will receive what? Say it out loud. You'll receive? Okay, that was like pretty average for like... I mean, we're talking about power, and it's like, oh, power. You receive power. Let's not be polite, okay, when we're talking about this, okay? Can we say that like we actually would love this, all right? But you will receive what? Power. You will, I love it. Okay, now we're awake. But you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you, and you'll be my witnesses in Jerusalem and all Judea, Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. I don't know if you have ever been told this, but if you are a follower of Jesus, do you realize you have access to supernatural power? Do you? I am not getting anything back. I just want to know. Do you realize you have access to, uh, uh, some of you go, what are you talking about? I want you to imagine with me for a moment what this might look like. Imagine if someone that you know at work who, who is like, just comes and drops some bad news about how they just got a diagnosis or how they just end up with a major disease or illness and you had the boldness and you said, do you mind if I pray for you right now because I just know that God heals and you prayed for him and God healed him. Would that be cool? Yeah, that'd be pretty awesome, wouldn't it? Can you imagine if you were with a friend or someone and for whatever reason, you could just, it's like reading their mail, you could tell that they were discouraged, you could tell that they were hurting, and it was almost like God just dropped something in you to know that what they're walking through, that that you could speak a word of hope and encouragement, and the moment you do, tears run down their face because they said, how do you know? And you say, I don't know, I felt like God told me. Could you imagine that? Would that be pretty cool? I think that'd be pretty awesome, wouldn't it? Could you, could you imagine if someone came to you and they're hurting and they're broken, their marriage is falling apart, or they're having financial hardship and they don't even know if they're gonna make it, and you said, you know what, I believe God's a provider and God can touch, and you prayed for them, and all of a sudden, that next day, something supernatural happened and they received a check they did not expect. Could you just get really excited about something like that in your life? I'm just here to tell you that there is 
Jesus said this, there's supernatural power that you and I have available to us. And, and if you have any question about this, all you have to do is read the New Testament. Because when I read the story of the early church, do you know what I read? Story after story after story of all of these things happening. And I think sometimes, can I be honest, we, we know the stories and they almost feel fairy tale is because we've heard them so many times. But if I, could just, if I could just encourage you to realize something, that the church today, we're extension of that. The church today has the exact same mission and the exact same challenge that the church in the first century had and we need the same help and power that the first church had. We need it today if we're gonna be effective. I don't believe that this idea was just for them, it's also for you and me. We have the same mission. Now here, here's the thing, when I mention the fact that there's some power, that some of you could have a superpower that you could attach, Immediately, it probably comes with a lot of questions. Well, how does that work? How do I get that? Can anybody do that? Can I sign up? How do I have that? Listen, if you have questions today about this whole idea of, of spiritual power, supernatural ability, then let me just tell you, you're normal, okay? You are absolutely normal. In fact, the early church, we're talking 2,000 years ago, at the time when the Apostle Paul was planting churches and starting, do you know the early church had questions about this? They, they were like, uh, I got some questions, Paul. Can you help me out? In fact, as you have your Bible, we're gonna turn to 1 Corinthians chapter 12. So I would do that if you got it, your electronic device. When you get there, one of the things I wanna show you this is that the early church in Corinth Paul's church, he had to write an entire letter to them simply to answer their questions. Did you know that's what 1 Corinthians is? The entire letter, we call it book sometimes, of the New Testament, was actually Paul in response to a bunch of questions that they sent him. It's Paul writing back his answers. Now here's the thing, we don't know their questions, but we do know Paul's answers. And let me just tell you, I would much rather have the answers than the list of questions, because I got all the same questions, okay? In 1 Corinthians chapter 12, here's what Paul says as he's responding to questions about this. He says this in verse one. Now, dear brothers and sisters, regarding your question, there it is, about the what? The special abilities the Spirit gives us. And then he's gonna go on. He says, I don't want you to misunderstand this. I, I, I wanna pause. I, the reason why Paul goes into all that he does in 1 Corinthians 12, 13, and 14. Here's your homework, because we don't have time for that today. Because I imagine that you wanna like, go eat lunch, and I imagine you got a football game you wanna watch, and I imagine you gotta go pick some apples, whatever. We don't have time for all this. So here's what you could do if you wanna, if you wanna know this deeper. A couple things. Number one is read all of 1 Corinthians 12, 13, and 14. They all go together. They're all part of this conversation about this supernatural abilities, Okay. And, and, and I think it's important, as Paul says, I don't want you to misunderstand any of it because it can sometimes be a little confusing. So because of that, and I don't have time to unpack all of this today, I want you to know about a resource that we have made available. Um, one of the things we're continuing to develop are these things called labs. 
They're just video teachings that you can consume on your own or with your circle, your small group. And we actually have one that we put together on the Holy Spirit that many of you in circles have already gone through, but I want you to know it's available to you. So it's called Holy Spirit Lab that will just in much deeper, it's 10 sessions long uh, for about 15, 20, 30 minute sessions that you can go on your own to really dive deeper into all that we're talking about. And so we're gonna make that available at the end of the series. We're gonna send a link out so that you can do that. But I just want you to know there's resources to help you go deeper with this, okay? Uh, we don't have time for all that today. So we're gonna kinda just do a flyby of the spiritual gifts that Paul talks about in here, okay? So here's what Paul does. If you skip down to verse seven, if you're there, here's where he begins to talk about them. And he says this, verse seven, a spiritual gift is given to each of us so that we can do what? I want you all to help me by saying this out loud, so that we can help each Okay, this is really cool, I want you to get this. The exciting thing for some of you, maybe you've never heard this before. If you are a follower of Jesus, you need to know this, that the same spirit that raised Jesus from the dead lives inside of you and wants to give you at least a spiritual ability or gift to operate in the world. And here's the good news. It's not for the spiritually elite. It's not just for pastors. It's not for people that are like way more mature than I am. It is available to every follower of Jesus. That's awesome, right? It's available to you. Like some of you have like never heard or maybe you've never experienced anything like that. I'm here to tell you, maybe it's even just to whet your appetite a little bit and say that he is available to operate and work through you. Now here's the interesting thing that Paul says in this passage. The primary role of these gifts in our lives is to help each other out. Listen to me because some of you have been in an environment where you've seen people operating in spiritual gifts that have actually been dangerous or detrimental. Please hear this. Anytime the Spirit of God is going to move and operate in our lives in a way that is supernatural, unexplainable, it is always to help other people out. It is to bless people, it's to encourage people, it is to build the church up, it is not to tear people down. It is not, oh, I got a word for you and I think that you have just met. That is not of God. The Spirit of God moves in us to help each other, to encourage, to build each other up. Now, if you're saying, okay, well, what is a spiritual gift? What do these look like? Is it like x-ray vision? Is it like, can I fly? Do I have telepathic ability? No, it's none of those. That, that's uh, the DC comic crap, whatever. That's not it. The, it. Here in verse eight, as we go down, this is Paul, and I'm just gonna read through these. And if you wanna digest them more, we have more resources. I don't have time to really unpack all of them, but let's look at them together. Paul says, to one person, the Spirit gives the ability to give wise advice. Now, some of you have so much experience in life, you can give wise advice on your own naturally, but there are times when maybe you won't even know what to necessarily do or say, but the Spirit of God will stir your heart and give you something to give someone else who needs that advice in that moment. It's a supernatural, okay? To another, the same Spirit gives a message of special knowledge. In other words, some, sometimes you'd like, you, you just, I, I feel like I know something without knowing something about your situation. And there have been times when I've prayed for people and I've started praying things that I would have no idea of knowing that you can tell by the reaction on their face, like, whoa, how did you know that? I don't know. 
I think the Spirit of God just led me to start praying this particular thing. Okay, you can have that. Verse nine, the same Spirit gives great faith to another, and to someone else, the one Spirit gives the gift of healing. He gives one person the power to perform miracles and another the ability to prophesy. He gives someone else the ability to discern whether a message is from the Spirit of God or from another spirit. Still another person is given the ability to speak in unknown languages, some translations say in tongues, while another is given the ability to interpret what is being said. It is the one and only Spirit who distributes all these gifts. He alone decides which gift each person should have. Now, I imagine as we're just listing some of these gifts, that we can kind of wonder, oh, okay, like, this, this is what a lot of times we wonder is like, is this this exhaustive list of, of these gifts? Is this like, okay, how do I know what mine is? This is what we're asking when we read through something like this. Here's, I, wanna, I wanna just encourage you with something, first and foremost. I don't think that Paul had some kind of magical list that he got from heaven to be able to write these down. That's just me. I don't think Paul was given something like God gave him some kind of list. Here's nine, I want you to list them down. I don't think this is exhaustive. I don't think this is the only way that the Spirit of God wants to work in and through us. Because I've been around where there's like, here's a spiritual gifts test, and it's just like Myers-Briggs, and just like any, what's your personality, your IQ, what's your spiritual gift, and I'll be honest. Sometimes they're helpful. I personally, it's my personal, don't like them. I don't love them, and I'll tell you why. I, I, because I think sometimes when we look at this, we're kind of like, we can kind of look and go, I don't, I've never seen any of that operate in my life. And I, and I understand that. I wanna say this, I don't think Paul has some magical list that nobody else had. What I think Paul is actually speaking to, this is my opinion, I think Paul is speaking to what he's actually seen. My guess is that Paul has actually experienced or seen himself or other people in the church operating in these ways. And so Paul says, look, I, I've seen one person I've seen have this wisdom that I don't know where it came from, and somebody else was able to discern, and somebody else had a message of this, and somebody else, I think it's what Paul's experienced because in the New Testament, all of these you see happen. I'll give you a quick example. There's a story in Acts chapter five of a couple named Ananias and Sapphira that sold some property and they wanted to help out the church. And so they came to the leaders of the church, Peter was one of them, and they said, hey, we wanna give all this money to the church because we sold this property for this amount and here you go, we wanna bless it. And Peter knew, it, scripture says because of the spirit, Peter knew within him that that was a lie that they actually inflated and said, hey, here's everything, but they held back something. Now, they could have not given any of it and it wouldn't have been a big deal. The problem was they lied about it and the Spirit of God and Peter actually told him, no, that was a lie. And the moment Peter said that, Ananias dropped dead. That was crazy stuff. But, but what is that? It's the Spirit of God operating. And here's, when we hear this, this is what we naturally, we, we start to think, what's my gift? Some of you are immediately thinking that right now. As he's going through there, I don't know, which one do I lean toward? Which one's my gift? Which one of these do I have? And I think, if I could be honest, I think sometimes we have interpreted Scripture through the lens of culture more than just what Scripture says. In other words, we often approach this idea of superpowers through the lens of Marvel more than we do just Scripture. Because, you know, Marvel and, like, I don't, I gotta be honest with you, I don't know the whole Marvel DC and, because sometimes I'll be like, oh, that person, yeah, Marvel, and they're like, no, you dummy, that's DC. I'm like, I don't care. 
you guys, like, you gotta stop with this. Like, this is, this is, this is immature. Let's not, you know, but, but maybe we know this. Here, here's what I'm saying. Our perspective of this is like, well, Bruce Banner. We all know what happens to Bruce. What's Bruce Banner's gift? He turns into what? Okay, the Hulk, right? Superhuman strength and gets green. I don't know what that's to do with it, just, right? Or, or we, we think about someone like Spider-Man. Peter Parker, what's his? He can, he can spin webs and, and he's really flexible, right? Okay, that's his gift. And Thor, like Thor has a hammer. I don't know what else Thor can do. He just has a hammer, was a carpenter one day, and I, I don't know. But what I'm saying is we often go, oh, what's your gift? What's my gift? If I could just inspire us today, I just want you to think a little bit differently about it. What if, and I do believe at minimum, the Holy Spirit wants to every follower of Jesus to be able to release at least a gift in your life. But what if it's not just, well, what's my gift? And I'm really good at that. And that's just, I just got the special knack for this. What, what if that's not the perspective that we can really get out of scripture? But what if it's really, how does God wanna use me in this particular circumstance with this particular situation? What if it's not, because here's what I'm saying, I hate the fact that we do, I think we limit God. What's my gift? I don't know. Why don't you not worry about what's my gift? But why don't you actually just begin to serve and minister to other people and however is needed, maybe God will begin to do something supernatural through you. And I, I kind of want us to think a little bit differently because I've had people ask me at times, hey pastor, what's your gift? And if you were to ask me what my gift is, you know what my answer would be? I don't know. Well, I'll send you a link to a spiritual gifts test, Pastor. You can take it. Maybe you'll figure it out. No, no, no. You don't have to do that. I've taken them. The reason why I'd say I don't know is because I have seen God use me in different circumstances to operate in a supernatural way. And so I don't think, I don't know that I just have a gift. Now, the reason why... Paul says the Spirit gives to each person a gift, is if you read in 1 Corinthians 12, there's a bigger theme here, and what he's talking about is that God has created it in such a way that there's an interdependence in the community of God, so that there's not just the pastor who has all of the spiritual gifts, and everybody needs to come to the pastor, but you each have spiritual abilities and gifts so that you can minister to people. Because the pastor is not the minister. The pastor's job, I always say, is the administrator to help other people step into the ministry that God has for them. And so if you were to ask me, well, what's my gift? I'd say, I don't know. In fact, you know, I've had a lot of people come to me. I had someone just after the last experience. And they've asked me to pray for them, for God to heal them. That's a prayer that I've gotten a lot, a request as a pastor. And I have, can I just be honest with you, I have prayed for a lot of people for God to heal them, a lot. To be real honest with you, my batting average is not great. That's <laughs> just being real honest with you, okay? Like, you know, I mean, really good baseball players bat 300, all right? Mine's below that, okay? And, and I, I'm glad to pray for people, but it's kind of become like a little running joke, and I'll say at times, I'm like, if you're a prayer need for healing, I'll be glad to pray for you, but I don't know if it's, you know. And, and, and because I think there are some people that seem to have this gift where it seems like more often than not when they pray for people, God heals them. 
But even though I don't think I have that gift, can I just tell you that there have been times when God has used me to pray for someone and God has healed them? I can tell you a, a quick story that this was several years ago, um, a guy that I know well, his name is Mike, he uh, was at one of our worship nights, which by the way, we have one coming up. You need to come to those. Those are incredible opportunities for you to actually come and connect with God in a deeper way and, and allow somebody to pray for you and maybe you got something going on in your life. We wanna do that. And so he came through the whole experience and, and I saw him afterwards and he looked distraught and I was like, are you okay? And he was like, no, I'm not. In fact, he said, I've had chest pains that have been horrible and getting worse for the last couple days and it's getting so bad that I feel like maybe I need to go to the ER. I gotta go urgent care. I mean, this was, he's a younger guy but he was having really bad chest pains. It had been persisting. And he said, I just wondered if you could pray for me first. I said, yeah, I'd be glad to. So I laid hands on him and prayed for him. And there was, can I just tell you, there was not like, ooh, heaven opened up and there was just fire that fell down. None of that happened. Just pray for him. And, uh, and he left. And I think he was, he was getting ready to go to the ER. And so, uh, you know, he left. And I'm hanging out in the room about five minutes later. I look over and there he is. He's sitting down back in the room. I'm like, I watched him leave. Why did he come back? And he's got tears running down his face. And I walked up to him. I said, hey, dude, are you okay? Like, do I need to call an ambulance? You look back, you know. And he was like, I don't know how else to tell you, but right after you got done praying for me and I walked out of the church, I was planning on going to ER, all of the pain left immediately and it never came back. I mean, God is good. Listen, I told you my batting average is bad. But maybe God wanted to do something supernatural for him and just needed somebody who would say, I'm available however you wanna use me, God. See, I don't wanna put myself or God into some kind of box and go, what is your gift? Because I don't know. I, there's this also kind of like this running um, kind of joke a little bit that um, I've shared this before, okay? And so I'm gonna uh, briefly, but again, several years ago, we had a, a special worship. In fact, we did several in a row. It was kind of like this revival thing. And we had a moment of just allowing people to get prayer, ministry, I was on the platform. And I felt like God just dropped a word in my mind. I don't know how else to describe it. To say like, hey, there's somebody here that has struggled with infertility and cannot get pregnant. And so I just literally said, I said, I don't know, this is weird. I, said, I don't know if there's somebody here struggling, but if that's you, I just felt like maybe God put it on my heart to pray for you. And I couldn't even see because it was dark and it was one of those moments. And apparently several couples came down front. I never laid hands on anybody. I didn't do that. I just prayed a prayer, a blanket. I'm gonna cover anybody. Prayer. I just did that. And the reality is that within like a month to two months, there were like four or five couples in our church that came down front that all got pregnant. They all got pregnant. And they, I mean, we're talking years of infertility, treatments, expensive, all this stuff, and they got pregnant. And so I guess I've always kind of thought maybe my gift is the gift of fertility. And I, <laughs> but it's not on the list. And so I'm like, I don't know, God, this is odd. And uh, I was telling this story, as I often do, earlier this year. This year, 2023, I was just telling the story in one of the messages and I was kind of making a joke about it. I said, be careful if you come up and ask me to pray for you because accidentally you may end up, God may, you know, okay, I don't know. <laughs> I just seem like if you ask me what my, I don't know, but it's happened several times. Right after I got done saying that, this was, this was earlier this year, um, a young couple came and approached me after the experience and this young girl and she had tears in her eyes and she said, you know when you were talking about that, we have struggled with infertility. It's been, it's been like two years and it's been, it's been a while. And she was like, I, would you pray for us? Now, 
We're not in church. We're not having one of those like, oh, moments where we're just uh, sitting here and there's God's doing miracles and things. It wasn't that. It was standing out in the lobby. It was just, we, they were like, can you pray? I was like, okay. I gathered up and I prayed for them. About five or so weeks later, guess what? They came back and found me right before an experience and they said, we just found out an hour ago that we are pregnant. We haven't told anybody else, but we wanted to tell you first. And I was like, praise God. I don't know what's in the water. I don't understand it. Paul didn't list this as a gift. I don't know what's going on. What I'm trying to say is, let's not box God in by thinking that there's just one unique way. What I think is a better approach is to say, God, however you could use me, I wanna be available. And some of you might be listening to this and go, this sounds pretty crazy, Pastor, that's amazing. That is not for pastors, this is for everyone in the church. And so maybe you're thinking, how do I discover and operate in a spiritual gift? That's a great question. And I don't know if I have a great answer, but let me say it this way. Um, some of you that are really, really talented and gifted in the natural, how did you discover that you had a natural gift for something? Right, because I've met some people and they're super gifted like with their hands and engines. And some of them, like you just explain the combustion engine to them and they're like, oh, that makes a ton of sense. The carburetor does this and ignition and spark plugs and blah, oh, I got that. And then they go and they take a wrench and they start breaking apart an entire engine and it's laying in pieces and then they put it all back together and guess what, it actually works. If I did that, it would never work again. There are some people, have you ever noticed there are some people that are just gifted naturally that like singing is just, they can hit they can think and hear a note and in their mind they're like, ah, they just go right to that note and they just hit it and it's beautiful, it's perfect. They got, you know, and there's some, like got so many worship leaders, they're gifted, they can sing. There's other of us that like when we sing and open our mouths, it sounds like cats are being strung up by their paws and just, and it's, right? Like, I was thinking about like, we got some serious talent on our, on our band. Like they're amazing. And I, I'm like, I'm like a, like I've always played, Tried to play a few different instruments, never good enough, you know, to play. But, but I've always wanted to be like really good guitar player and I could play a little bit. But when Dr. Nick starts playing lead guitar, I just like, oh my God, there the Holy Spirit just came, showed up in the church when Dr. Nick starts playing. You know, he, he has this amazing natural gift. Now listen, how does anybody with a natural gift discover they have a natural gift? They have to try it. My guess is that Nick on the guitar did not sound like that the first time he picked up a guitar. But, but naturally, as he began to play, what happened, there are some people who look at and go, oh, you just get that easier than others. There's just, a, you have a natural, you can sing naturally better than others. You can, it's because they put, they begin to try it. Let me just say this, when it comes to our spiritual gifts, you will never know until you try. And you will never know until you put yourself in a situation where you need to try. Until you make yourself available, like where you're talking to your neighbor and your neighbor is telling you about how they're struggling with the problem with their knee or their back or a sickness or a disease and you actually step out in faith and say, you know this might sound a little bit crazy, but I believe that God can heal. Would you mind if I prayed for you? You will never see God operate supernaturally through you until you put yourself in a situation that makes you feel a little bit uncomfortable, but when you begin to avail yourself to God, that's when he shows up and starts to operate through your life. 
You go, I could never lead a small group, a circle, because I just don't know enough. The moment you step up because like, we need it and you go, I'll open my home, guess what? All of a sudden, you'll find opportunities where you have people in your circle that need wisdom, and as you're, you're talking and ministering and caring, you'll just have thoughts and ideas and things come to you, and it's the Spirit of God giving it to you for that purpose. The reason why we don't know is because we never make ourselves available to help each other out. In fact, let me, let me give you this thought. If you wanna know, how do I discover my, my spiritual gift? Let me say it this way. The best way to discover your spiritual gift is by trying to serve others. Because listen to me, your spiritual gift or gifting is not for you. Your spiritual gifting is not for you. The Spirit of God does not give you gifts for yourself. In fact, read all of 1 Corinthians 12 and you'll see that. The spiritual gifting that God gives you through the Holy Spirit is for others. That's why, can I just tell you, there's, I, I, I know some stories of people that have had incredible spiritual gifting where God has maybe used someone who just did seem to have the gift of healing and prayed for people and more often than not, God healed and did things and then to find out that they have an ailment and they can pray for themselves over and over and God never healed them. Do you know how many stories are like that? I can tell you over and over stories like that. The apostle Paul that God used to do all kinds of supernatural things would later say to the church in Corinth, he would say, I prayed over and over for God to take away this affliction in my life, but he never did. It's because God does not give us spiritual power, supernatural power for ourselves. It is so that we can be a witness for Christ, so that we can serve in the church community, so we can make a difference. And if you never make yourself available to serve others, you will not discover and experience your supernatural spiritual gift. And and I get like, it's all a little bit mysterious, all of this. It is. I totally agree with you. Sometimes like, I don't know how, when I could pray for somebody and God would answer and do something supernaturally in that moment, I feel like I had nothing to do with it other than to pray and believe in faith. And I get it, it all feels a little bit mysterious, it does. But if I would say when it comes to spiritual gifts, there's one area that I think probably created the, has created the most confusion. Maybe the one area that has created the, the, the most uh, controversy when it comes to this idea is the gift of tongues. And I wanna take just a few minutes before we wrap up here to talk about the gift of tongues. Uh, there, there's a variety of different opinions about this based on scripture. That the idea that the gift of tongues or languages, um, there's, there's some people that say it is only an ability supernaturally to speak in a foreign language so that you can tell people about Jesus in their language and you don't have any way of knowing that language. That's one version. There's other people that say it's not just that, but it is also what you've heard of more like a prayer language where somebody speaking in a language or tongue is not their own but doesn't seem like it's any other one maybe on the planet, but it is like a mysterious prayer language, okay? Maybe you've been around different environments, you've heard both things. Here's what I wanna do. I wanna give you a scriptural scriptural framework when it comes to the the gift of tongues, and I wanna invite you to, with the Holy Spirit, to really begin to 
try to understand and work this out yourself, okay? I don't have time to dive deeply into it, but let me just first show you these two kind of pictures in scripture. The first one is in Acts chapter two. Now we talked about this a little bit last week, but in Acts chapter two, it talks about a moment when the Spirit of God first came on Jesus' followers, and when he did, that he gave them a supernatural ability in Acts chapter two. Now there was a purpose for this, This was a major festival where all kinds of Jews from all other nations were all together in one place. And so there was a reason. It says when the Holy Spirit came that the whole place shook and it was loud and it drew everybody's attention. And here's what happens. Look at verses four through six, Acts two, if you're there. It says, all of them were filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak in what? In other tongues, as the Spirit enabled them. Now, There were staying in Jerusalem, God-fearing Jews from every nation under heaven. When they heard this sound, a crowd came together in bewilderment because each one of them heard what? Say it out loud. They heard their own language being spoken, okay? What happened in this moment? Very strategic, right? But what happened is the Spirit of God enabled them to, to profess and to witness for Jesus where all these nations came right there together. That's what happened in this moment. In fact, the word other tongues or other or unknown languages, depending on your translation, is literally the word for your tongue. It's like your your language, your native tongue. Now this might seem like a crazy one, maybe you've never heard of this, but can I just tell you, I actually know someone personally that has experienced this, and that person is my mom. Years ago, I remember this, my mom telling me this, back, this was years ago, decades ago, but there was a time when my mom felt really called to minister to um, people in South America, Central and South America. She would travel to Colombia, and she took, I remember a few trips, and she was going, God just put in her heart to go minister to some people, Spanish-speaking people. And she was frustrated because every time she went, she was like, I don't understand the language, I don't understand them, they don't understand me, and I have to use an interpreter, and God, and so she started praying. This is what she prayed. Again, most of us maybe wouldn't pray this, but knowing this, she prayed. She said, God, would you give me a supernatural ability to understand them and be able to communicate with them? And she'll tell you this, all of a sudden, one day she woke up, and when she heard someone speak to her in Spanish, she knew exactly what they were saying. And she had a gift that was released where she could begin to speak in Spanish and it, it came so fast. She didn't take Spanish in school, she took French. She did all this and it just, and she had what I call the gift of language and tongues. In fact, we lived in Germany as a family for three years when I was in high school and she was our interpreter everywhere we went. I, I think she had such a God-given ability to understand languages and pick it up and say it. We would go to France, she could speak French. We would go to Italy, she could speak Italian. In Germany, she could speak German. Like, I don't even know how, but she was our official interpreter everywhere we went. God gave her a supernatural ability. Why? Because she prayed for it and not for herself, but so she could serve other people. That's a version of it, right? But that's not the only version we see in scripture. There's other people that think, wait a minute, there, isn't there scripture that talks about the idea of praying in the spirit? Isn't there scripture that talks about ha- having a prayer language? And there is. In fact, Paul, in 1 Corinthians 14, and I wanna, I wanna show you this, verses one and two, Paul speaks to this. As again, 12, 13, 14, he's talking about these gifts. Paul speaks to this in 1 Corinthians 14, look at one and two. He says this, let love be your highest goal. 
Do, do you know what matters more than any of this conversation about spiritual gifts and superpower is that we are filled with love and we treat people with love and that love leads the way. Can I just say that matters more? It really does. Let love be your highest goal. And then he says, but you should also desire spiritual abilities that the Spirit gives. Man, if the Spirit of God wants to give me some kind of special ability, I want it. He says, especially the ability to prophesy. And then verse two, he says, for if you have the ability to speak in tongues, you will be, here's what he says, talking only to God. Now that's different than what happened in Acts two, would we agree? You will only be talking to God since people won't be able to understand you. You will be speaking by the power of the spirit, but it will all be what? And it's all a little mysterious. There, there are several passages, scriptures, we don't have time to go into all of them, that seem to talk about this idea of, of maybe people speaking through the power of spirit in a language that maybe isn't just Italian and German and French. And, and this might seem, I, here's the thing, I know that maybe sometimes like this seems a little weird and a little strange, I get it, I do. But if I could just challenge you to, to wrestle with one thought today when it comes to this. It's just, it's a question that I, I think almost seems a little bit comical and laughable, but it's actually a real question I have for you. And that is, what language do you think God speaks? Like, what do you think his native tongue is? See, I think a, a really um, egotistical answer would be, well, of course, English. I mean, you know, it's English, like in that like international language or English and French, isn't that what they do at the Olympics, you know, and there's a reason for that. So maybe God's a little fluent in English and French. Really? Do you think, or does he speak Mandarin? Or Swahili? Russian? Like what, what language, maybe, oh, probably Hebrew, Aramaic, because that's Jesus would have spoke that, or you know, the Bible's translated into Greek, so probably that. What language does God, the reason why I, I'm challenging you to think about this is because I think sometimes we so limit God that he can only operate in a language we know on earth. But here's what I wanna say, it could be possible, I don't know. Could be possible that one day we're gonna see God in a new environment. We, we may die and end up in heaven, wherever that is, someplace walking, and we could hear a language that we've never heard on earth. Could it be that angels and God's got some other language? Very possible. And could it be that at times when people desire it, that God has given people an ability to be able to speak to him in a language that maybe their own mind does not understand. I'm just saying, it's possible. Now, I don't know what your experience is with this, and maybe none, and so if it's all, it's a little mysterious, that's fine. But some of you have probably had an experience like I did growing up, where I grew up in a very charismatic environment, charismatic of the gifts, and in fact, I'll be honest with you, I, I've looked back at the times I'm going, it seemed like it was a little bit more like spiritual chaos than it was like, I don't even know how to, how to frame it. Some of you grew up in an environment where it was just like, there was like crazy stuff that happened all the time and everybody seemed to speak in tongues and it, it was like, and some of you may have grown up in an environment like that. I, I'm familiar with that kind of environment. And that's why I think 1 Corinthians 14, you can read on your own, is really important. 
Because Paul says, hey, the Spirit of God wants to move and operate, but it should not be weird, it should not be disorderly. In fact, Paul says, I would rather speak five, um, I'd rather speak five intelligible words than 10,000 in another language or tongue that nobody can understand. In corporate environments, there's a reason for there to be order so that people can hear the gospel, hear the new good news of Jesus and make sense to them. But I, I grew up in this environment, and I gotta be honest with you, like, it, it kind of felt like, well, everybody else can do that. I guess I, I should be able to do that, and if I don't, then is there something wrong with me? And I had a time where I had someone lay their hands on me and pray for me to receive the gift of tongues, and, and, and I began to like speak in this other tongue, and this other language, and I don't even know, maybe it's a language around the earth, maybe it's not, maybe it's a heavenly one, maybe it's not. I don't know. Here's what I do know. Regardless of how, and I can't understand it, and I, I've got a lot of questions about it. Here's what I know. It has been personally valuable to me in my own life. I think there's gift of language, tongues that make sense when it's impacting others, and I think that there could be a gift that is actually something that helps you deeply connect with God and spirit. And there are times when I don't know what to pray. And so maybe that could be it. There's scripture calls us to pray in the spirit all times. Like, I don't understand what that means and looks like. I know, because it's all mysterious and I don't really know. And maybe you're here and you've had a lot of questions. That's okay. What I would encourage us all with the most is don't allow your questions and trying to understand keep you from making yourself available to say, God, however you wanna work in and through me, I'm here. Don't limit what God might do because you can't figure it out. And in closing with this, I, I wanted just to mention, I, I, I have heard different groups, church groups, different groups of faith at times say, and maybe some of you have heard this, that if you don't speak in tongues that you don't have the Holy Spirit. Some of you know what I'm talking about. You've been around it. If you don't speak in tongues, then you do not have the Spirit of God in you. Listen to me very clearly and you, we can agree to disagree, I 100% disagree with that comment, 100%. I think that we might all be able to if we ask and desire it, but I don't think it's a requirement of the Spirit of God. And I didn't come up with that, Paul said that. Because I'll close with this, in 1 Corinthians 12, 29 and 30, here's what he said. He said, are we all apostles? And Paul's obviously in a little bit of a sarcastic way, of course not. Are we all prophets? No. Are we all teachers? Do we all have the power to do miracles? Do we all have the gift of healing? Do we all have the ability to speak in unknown languages or tongues? That's the word. Do we all have the ability to interpret unknown languages? Of course not. We don't all have it. Why? Because he designed us to live in community, to need each other, to serve each other. And so I, I want you to know this. If you ever want a question like, does the spirit of God inside of me? Here's what I tell people. You don't look at that, the gifts or tongues. You look at the fruit. How do I know the spirit of God is living in me? We talked about that week too. The fruit of the spirit comes out of me. He's changing me. How do I know though if the spirit of God is operating through me? That's when you can look at the power of God's spirit or his gifts operating through us. And when we do that, that's when we can experience God doing supernatural things through us. 
That's my heart and desire. Listen, regardless of like, maybe this is all brand new, whatever. Here's what I would encourage all of us, to posture ourselves, to even say, I don't understand it all, but here's what, whatever you have for me, God, I want that. Amen? Amen, why don't you stand to your feet with me? What, what I wanna do in this moment is, I, I just like to create a little bit of space for us to reflect on this. And maybe for some of us, it's to ask God, God, I, I would love to know how you wanna work through me. He's gonna challenge you because you're never gonna discover it on your own until you take a posture of serving others. But the first place to start is to ask. And so just bow your heads if you would, just close your eyes. I want, listen, this is the last thing I ever wanna do, if you ever get to know me, is I never wanna create a moment of manipulation. I'm not doing that, that's not what, I wanna create though an opportunity for you to be able to ask God in an authentic way. I want all that God has for me. And some of us maybe have never been open to the way God wants to operate because of last week what I talked about. We have never fully surrendered to him. We've never asked for the spirit of God to just fill us. These gifts and the power flows out of the filling of God's spirit in our lives. And so just as your posture right now with God, let's just ask God to move in our lives. Maybe for you, it's, it's saying, God, I'm gonna surrender what I think about this to you and lay it down. And so Father, I pray right now for every person in this moment, watching online, listening in this room. God, I just pray that more than anything, we could just have the fullness of your spirit. God, I, I want more of you and less of me. God, I, I want you to continually change me, but I also, and I pray this is your desire, God, I'm saying I want you to operate through me. God, I would love for more and more the opportunity that when I see a need in our community, in the world around me, with my neighbors, coworkers, classmates, God, that when I see a need that I could pray for them in a moment, and God, you'd supernaturally work. Lord, I pray right now that you would, maybe we've never had the desire that today, that God, here we are saying, God, I want what you have for me. God, I wanna get my, my own mental things out of the way to say, God, whatever you have, would you fill me with your spirit? God, would you show me what it looks like to operate in this power that you have? Maybe you're here today and what your prayer is, and I just wanna create some space for you personally to ask him. Maybe this is your time to say, God, whatever you have for me, I make myself available. Thanks so much for tuning in to this message. I hope that it encouraged you and inspired your faith. If God is doing something in your life, would you take a moment and let us know? We wanna connect with you and we wanna be able to pray for you. All you have to do is shoot us an email to hello at the x.church or you can always send us a DM on one of our social media platforms. And if you know somebody that would also be encouraged by this very message, why not take a moment and just share it with them right now? And as always, I wanna say thank you to every single person who so generously financially supports this ministry so we can continue to get messages like these out to people all over the world. We believe God is building something special and you're a significant part of it. Until next time, have a great day.